Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And you guys, I just don't even know how to tee up this episode. We are starting a six-week series on the book of Acts. And today and next week, we are joined by Christine Kane. Y'all might remember Chris from our series on the book of Joshua at Lent last year. Christine is an Australian-born, Greek-blooded lover of Jesus. She's an activist, an author. She's an international speaker. She is incredible. She has authored several books. Her most recent book is called How Did I Get Here? Finding Your Way Back to God When Everything is Pulling You Away. Y'all, this episode on the book of Acts, like we joke about like, we're going to need to get up and run around the room or like buckle your seatbelt. I don't know, but I kind of like literally want to tell you like you're going to need to be able to get up and move as you're hearing this because it is just so energizing and exciting to hear to hear the story of the book of Acts, to hear the scripture about the start of the church. So expect yourself to get excited. This episode is crazy good and we're really excited for you to get to hear it. So let's get right to it. Chris Kane, thank you for being here with us for not one, but two episodes of our Acts series. You're a hero. Oh, girls, I am so fired up. I can't even contain my excitement. And so when you asked (laughs) me to come back, um, I was running laps in my heart of anticipation that we're going to do this. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, we've known for a long time that we were going to study the Book of Acts as a community and for just as long that you were the person that we wanted to begin this book with. And so we're so thankful that you said yes, and that you're here and that the Lord just made it possible for us to all be face to face and to open this book of the Bible together. That is just, it's so rich. It's so, so rich and so special. Yeah. And really, I mean, where we go, who knows? There's so much to talk about. So I can't wait to see. I'm excited. So we're going to read Acts in the next six Mm -hmm. weeks. And Acts was written by Luke, written at the same time as he wrote the gospel that bears his name. It was written right around 60 AD. The events that are taking place are right around 30, 33 AD. I think I'm supposed to say AD 33, but listen, I'm not great at everything. We knew what you meant. Yeah, thanks. And so we know of Luke that he's a physician. We know that, I mean, truly, like, what happens in the Gospel of Luke, we get the really, really good birth narrative of the four Gospels. What a beautiful version. Mm -hmm. And then he flows right into that with the actual, like, ascension of Jesus starting in the book of Acts, which is where we start. That's right. Is there anything else we need to know about Acts? What else do we need to know before we get going? Well, listen, this key verse, we're going to refer back to it and back to it and back to it. And it's really kind of a blueprint of like what's coming. Like this is the book of Acts and it's Acts 1-8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses. This is Jesus speaking. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's what we get to watch unfold. It's incredible. Chris, what else? about Acts. Okay, listen, I'm just fired up from the verse, and I'm so glad we're going to keep coming back to That's right. that mm-hmm. we will have power to be witnesses. And I think right at the outset of this whole study, everyone has to not get nervous because it yeah. doesn't say that I'm going to give you the power to do witnessing. It says the power to be witnesses. And I think in the hour in which we live, we need power to be witnesses, to be yes. the light of Christ, to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. We can't do that in our own strength strength in this hour. And I think a lot of times, because the book of Acts is a book of action. I love that it's called Acts. It's just the Acts of the Apostles. It's like just an action book. So for an Enneagram 8 and a Greek Australian chick, this is my book. It's like it's action from the first verse to the last. But if we hang on to that key verse, which is going to come up repeatedly throughout the whole six weeks of the study, if we understand A lot of us are feeling so stressed in these days. We're feeling the pressure in these days, even to be Jesus followers. At times you can come under either persecution or people just think, you know, why are you even a Christian in 2021? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, so difficult. I need everyone to know, this is why the book of Acts is written, that in hostile times, in volatile times, in challenging times, in erratic times, in unstable times, we have, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to be 
witnesses. So even if we can't in certain places do witnessing, we can still be witnesses because we don't have to rely on our own strength. So I think this book is for now, especially for now where we are in our society where in some sectors, there's some animosity towards either Christianity or a lot of confusion about church and Jesus and the Bible. I'm like, y'all, we're born for this because we have the power through the Holy Spirit to be witnesses despite what is happening in our culture. Yes. Yes. Right. yes. Amen. And to be witnesses to who is, I love the phrase, this Jesus that's used in the CSB translation. I don't know if it's kind of across translations, but so many times in these early chapters and throughout the book, there's the phrase, this Jesus, this Jesus. And so I feel like what you just said, Chris, to be witnesses, we are witnesses to who Jesus really is, because I think that is the confusion, is that there's so much confusion as to who really is Jesus yeah. and what really is a Christian and what is the church and why, you know, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of tension surrounding all yeah. of those questions. Absolutely. And I think so much, you know, the Bible says that only those things that can be shaken will be shaken so that those Mm -hmm. things that cannot be shaken shall remain. So some of us get a bit nervous with a lot of the shaking that we're seeing, and it's real. It's happening in every sector of society, including the church. And so sometimes you can feel really destabilized. But I'm like, we're born for this because only the things that can be shaken are being shaken. So whether that's unnecessary religious practices or just things we've picked up that are not this Jesus. They are this Jesus and a whole lot of tradition that we've put on or this Jesus and a whole lot of culture. And so the Lord's going, uh, let's get back to this Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so all the other stuff can be shaken. Don't get nervous because the church itself actually isn't going anywhere because this Jesus said, I will build my church. And guess what? The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. So a lot of unnecessary things are being shaken, but not this Jesus, this Jesus that has been throughout all of history. And we're coming back in many ways to this Jesus. It's sobering for us. I get it. A lot of us are like, oh my gosh, I probably added a few things to this Jesus. Mm -hmm. So even the girls listening to this right now, you don't need to freak out because this book is for you because we're going to rediscover the power that is going to help us to be witnesses in this hour to this Jesus. And we're going to probably discover why we didn't have the strength to do a whole lot of other things in our own strength because we were never meant to. A lot of the cultural religiosity that we pick up along the way, it's really hard to sustain because it's not part of this Jesus and the Holy Spirit isn't going to give you the power to do something that he's not called you to do. So we're about to discover an authentic Christianity that's fueled by the Holy Spirit, but of course entirely focused to leading people to this Jesus. So y'all, we need to get started. Yes, 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 (laughs) let's do it. Let's read about this Jesus. Let's read from Acts chapter 1. Chris, get us going. Start maybe verse 1 all the way through the key verse in verse 8. Okay, let's go from 1 to 8. So it says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. I mean, we could just plant there when you're dealing with all that Jesus began to do. And And that word began, that word began, like, oh, it's still going. Well, yeah, and we see, you know, it says later in the Bible that you couldn't contain all the books on earth could not contain everything that Jesus did. So you kind of go, okay. And it says, until the day he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Now, we've got to just even pause there because do you realize how radical this is? They're saying that he presented himself alive to them. That's right. We're now telling everyone he rose from the dead because Jesus was like dead, dead, not maybe dead. That's Uh, right. He was really dead. So this is absolutely radical and revolutionary because back then, like today, it's actually not possible to rise from the dead. You know, like if you're dead, you're dead, dead. So Mm -hmm. now we're already starting going, let's start at life. Jesus Christ is resurrected. So you're already putting everyone's head into tilt because you're talking about a dead man that is now alive. Mm -hmm. But it's also important as we're coming to the birth of the church for everyone to remember that right at the beginning, we're a resurrection people because we are the church that is continuing from here. And sometimes we forget that we are a resurrection people. You and I, everyone listening to this, we are living between the two advents of Christ. The book of Acts begins by reminding us 
Jesus has risen. It's happened. And you and I are waiting for Jesus to come again. So this book is awesome because it's like, what are we supposed to be doing while we're waiting? While we are the church on the earth, are we supposed to be twiddling our thumbs, waiting for, you know, to go to heaven? Or is there something we're supposed to be doing? So he starts straight away and he's reminding them that he's risen. He's proven this because a lot of people would be trying to say that the resurrection didn't really happen, that it wasn't really true. Because, of course, that's the linchpin of the Christian faith. And everyone listening to this, we need to understand, and we're going to get into signs and wonders and miracles, but we have to understand that our entire Christian faith is predicated on this one fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That is the one thing that unites us all. It doesn't matter what denomination we're from, what tradition we're from. If you call yourself a Jesus follower, the linchpin, the one thing that actually determines that is that we believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So let me just say before we get into the book, I wish we had seven hours, everyone, but anyway, that some of the stuff we're going to read, you're going to think, man, that's wild. Like, could Mm -hmm. that really happen? That's like sounds really weird and supernatural. But right at the beginning of the book, I want to remind you as a Christian, the thing that we believe that a dead man 2,000 years ago rose from the dead, that's like really weird. So since we already believe something weird and something supernatural, I'm saying just go with it all. All the stuff we read, <laughs> I'm going, if someone can be raised from the dead, all the other stuff we're going to read about, people being healed and delivered and set free, don't get nervous about it because if you can be raised from the dead, you can do anything. So I just want you to know as a Christian, as we go through the book of Acts, because the next six weeks, you're going to come across some scriptures and go, especially in our scientific, rational world, you're going to go, man, this seems like really supernatural. I can't put this in a test tube and prove it. I can't put this in a mathematical formula and prove it. This doesn't make sense. I just need you to know the entire Christian faith is supernatural. That's why without faith, it is impossible to please God. It takes faith that God has given us himself to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. So the whole book of Acts starts with this one thing that we all believe as Jesus followers. And he's reminding us, listen, that's supernatural. It is supernatural to believe that a man died and rose again. So we can embrace the whole book of Acts because it starts with the one thing that we all believe to be Jesus' followers. And it says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority. I want everyone to hear this because so many people waste so much of their Christian life Mm -hmm. trying to pick times and seasons and draw charts. And, you know, we get really distracted. But people say to me, Chris, you know, what do you believe about whatever, the end times and when Jesus is coming back? Look, this is all I know. This is my deep theology on it. He's coming back. When? I don't know. And you know what? I've got scriptural precedent here that says I'm not going to know. So if someone tells you they know, I'm going to tell them to read the Bible because nobody knows. But anyway, we'll keep going here. So it says, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power. That mm. word in Greek, you know, like it's a power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is what the purpose of power is. Because sometimes we don't even know what the purpose is. We're like, okay, we get a little bit scared when we hear this language because we're like, I don't want to be weird. Um, and what <laughs> does that even mean? I get it, girls. I like, I get this. But this is what why we need the power. And can I just say in the 21st century where society is shifting so dramatically, culture is shifting so dramatically, there is so much division and polarization and pain and suffering and heartache Can I just say, we can't do this alone. And Jesus knew we couldn't do it alone. So he had already said to the disciples, look, it's better that I go. It's better that I go. Now, remember in the Gospels, he said that, so that another, and this is the Holy Spirit of God, will come and empower. So you've got to think if God incarnate himself said, it's better that I go, that's really hard for us to fathom. I'd be thinking, no, Jesus, no, Jesus, it's not better that you go. But he himself said, you don't have to freak out. I'm just going 
because I can only be in one place at one time, I'm going to send another, which is now we're reading about him, the Holy Spirit of God in mm-hmm. the book of Acts, because the Holy Spirit could be with us all in every place at all times. So this is where we are all now going to be empowered to do what God has called us to do. So it says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I mean, you just go, do you realize how radical? Now, we're sitting here in 2021, and all the girls listening to this all over the world, I want you to know this is being fulfilled. What Jesus said there actually is being fulfilled now because the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is going even through this app and through everyone coming around the scriptures together from all over I want you to understand how radical this would have been. This was before the internet. There wasn't technology Mm -hmm. as we know it today. It wouldn't have even been fathomable that this little group of renegade Jesus followers that had converted from Judaism and they'd become followers of Jesus, people would have thought this was a cult, this was a sect, this is just like who, this is not going to grow to anything. And here we are today in the 21st century I'm freaking out. I'm like a Greek-Australian chick. I'm talking to two awesome chicks here with really funny accents that they've got from, you know, the (laughs) South of America. And we are doing Bible study together Uh with women, and I would imagine from all over the world, Mm -hmm. have, have tapped into this, and we're all reading truth together, and you go, oh, wow. Where the this ends of the thing earth. that's written here, it's actually happening. And I'm yeah. from Australia. If you want to know where the ends of the earth are, everyone, get out an atlas and look at Australia down under. And if this is being spoken right there in the Middle East 2,000 years ago, and I'm from Australia, which is on the other side of the world at the uttermost parts of the earth, you got to stop and just pause and realize we are all in a miracle. We're all in a miracle. Like mm-hmm. this book is so relevant that we're reading it. Mm-hmm. And you could just read over this and forget that this would have been revolutionary. And we just go, right. yeah, that's normal. Now, whether you're listening to this and you're a, you know, a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a homeschooling mom, whether you're a single woman, whether you're a corporate CEO, whether you're in the medical profession, the legal profession, whatever you are, This scripture is for us. This is why this is the backbone scripture for this whole study. All of us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are given power to be witnesses. And we need witnesses in hospitals and we need witnesses in schools and we need witnesses at home and in the community and the retail sector and in the legal profession and the corporate sector. Wherever you find yourself, this is for us that we will have the power to be witnesses. You've got to read every word, girls. Don't miss one bit of this because I'll jump in to chapter two because this is so exciting. So here we go. And this would be probably one of my personally most favorite portions of scripture in the entire Bible. And the Bible says in chapter two. Just buckle yourself into your chair because... (laughs) Here we go. Otherwise, you will fly out. Yeah. You will. It says, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, and you need to be doing all your study, girls, because as we read through the books, you'll understand what is the day of Pentecost? What are the feasts that we are celebrating? The backstory to all of this that is so beautifully written in the workbook that goes along with this is what you need to do because it gives you context. I'm going to get you fired up, but you need the context of why this is so exciting. This is why I love She Reads Truth because It all matters, and it's very, very important that we understand that. And so it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And then it says, and suddenly, I could riff on that for the next hour, because I want you to know when God does a suddenly, (laughs) this suddenly has been waiting from time, the beginning of time. That's how long. I need you all to know when suddenlies happen. For most of us in this natural realm, People often will go, God suddenly did something. Most suddenlies for us take about 15 to 20 years. I remember in ministry, people would go, Chris Kane, suddenly you just appeared. I went, oh, I've been in the dark room over there for like 25 years, but it was a really long night and suddenly, yes, but this this suddenly was from the foundation of the earth. That's how long this suddenly took to happen. So it says they were all in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound. Like, I could stop there because they didn't actually know 
how to explain the sound. So mm-hmm. the best I could do is to say it sounded like something. You know, have you ever tried to explain something that God's doing in your life and you don't have the language? You you realize as you're saying it, you're trying to say to your friends, and God came and it was like, and it was because all you could say was it was like something because you don't really know how to explain what it was because when God truly turns up in your life, whether it's something in your heart, you could be reading the scriptures, you have an encounter with someone and you know God just did something for you. It's so hard to articulate to anyone what it is. So the best you can do is go, it was like this. Well, that's what is happening here. It sounded like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Now, for many of you, I realize this sounds like really weird right now, but remember, we started talking about a man that rose from the dead. So if he rose from the dead, tongues of fire on your head. I know, get the visual for all us, especially you creative people. You've got visuals happening here and I get it, but just go with me because this is awesome. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Now, I could give you examples of this. I've been on the mission field for my whole 30 years of ministry. I could tell you of people that began speaking and perhaps they were preaching or teaching in foreign nations and the Lord gave them the ability to speak. They didn't know what they were saying, but the people in their language could understand what was saying. Now, listen, I know this sounds weird, but I need you all to know some of you are are doing this Bible study and you're sitting in the comfort of your home with your air conditioning and you're going, is this thing like real? I'm going, if you talk to missionaries all around the world, you would see this kind of thing still happens today in the 21st century. So this has happened. So it goes on and says, and they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said they are filled with the new wine. So here they go. So they heard a mighty rushing wind. They saw tongues of fire, and then they heard people speaking in languages that they couldn't naturally speak, but all the people that were there, it was languages that people could understand. So this is what I want you all to know. This is a great evidence of when the Holy Spirit comes, there's a sense that you start seeing things you never saw. In this case, it was tongues of fire. You start hearing God in ways you never heard. And you start speaking in ways you never spoke. And so to me, a sign in the day in which we live, where there is so much noise out there, there is so much happening in social media and news and noise. What we need is a generation of women who hear Maybe what nobody else is hearing, but what God is saying through his word. So this is why we're reading truth, because we want to hear what God's saying. So you start hearing, and it seems weird because they're going, I heard something like, like nobody else is kind of hearing this, but it sounds like a mighty rushing wind. And I'm seeing something that someone, so we prophetically, that's why we're in scripture, in the midst of the cray-cray that is the world, we want to be seeing what people are not seeing. We want to be hearing what people are not hearing. We want to be saying what God is saying. So we need this fresh visitation in our own lives. It may not look obviously like this, but I want to be a woman of God that is saturated in the Word of God. And I want to be filled daily with the Holy Spirit. This is one of my prayers all the time. Lord, help me see I don't want to just see what people are seeing right now because there is so much confusion. I want to see, I want to hear, and I want to say what God is saying. And I think, girls, we are poised for this at this moment. We need prophetically to be saying what nobody else is saying, to be seeing what nobody else is seeing right now. And because a lot of us, 
we're commentators on just what's happening in the world. We, yeah. we call our girlfriends or we're texting with our girlfriends or we're DMing and we're just saying what everybody else is saying. And we are seeing what everybody else is seeing and we're hearing what everybody else is hearing. And I'd like to challenge you as we go through the book of Acts together over the next six weeks, how about we start seeing what God's seeing? How about we start saying what God's saying? How about we start hearing through His Word what God is saying to us all? So we're poised for a fresh visitation, just like the early church was through this next six-week Bible study. Like we are armed and dangerous with the Word of God in order to be doing this. Friends, it may be autumn where you are, but it is officially Christmas here at Shireen's Truth HQ. You know that for the last nine years, we've been celebrating the Advent season with you. And we are so excited to celebrate our 10th Advent as a She Reads Truth community. This year's study is called The Everlasting Light. Y'all, from the creation to the incarnation to the coming eternal city, Scripture talks about Jesus as the light in a dark world. So during this Advent season, we're going to celebrate that the hopes and fears of all the years were answered in Jesus, the everlasting light. Now, I know this time of year can fill up so fast with planning and parties and shopping, but we want to help you prepare your heart for Christmas Day. So in addition to all the good daily Advent scripture readings, this year's Advent study book is going to include simple and thoughtful extras designed to help you carve out some quiet and engage this season as people of light. There will be daily reflection prompts, excellent recipes and crafts, Christmas hymns, and more. Y'all, this book is so special. We also have great things planned for you throughout the Advent season. Amanda and I will be chatting with some great friends through our five-week podcast series. Plus, we will be baking and crafting right alongside you guys on Instagram Live. So friends, whether this is your 10th Advent with the She Reads Truth community, or if it's your first, head on over to shopshereadstruth.com right now, get your Advent study book ordered and all the goodies that come with it. And let's get ready to prepare our hearts for an incredible Advent as a She Reads Truth community. Hey friends, we want to take a moment to tell you about an exciting new show that's being produced by KO Films called The Covenant. The Covenant is a series that will lead us through the Old Testament stories of patriarchs and prophets, saints and sinners. It's going to depict lived experiences of characters from the Old Testament like Daniel and Esther and Abraham and Ruth. And it's going to show God's connection to these people in ancient times so that we can better see his connection to us today. And something that we are really, really excited about is that KO Films has committed to making the covenant in such a way that it is faithful to the biblical text, which you know is super important to us. This series is being crowdfunded, which means that you actually have an opportunity to help get this funded. And I think that we would all agree that we could use more shows that we can sit down with our family, our friends, and watch and feel good about what we're seeing, and shows that lead us toward a relationship with God. That is what The Covenant is about, helping people reconnect to God. For more information about The Covenant, visit kotv.com slash truth. That's C-A-Y-O-T-V dot com slash truth. And so then Peter gets up and Peter starts, because this is what happens. So they said they're filled with new wine. This is hilarious. And it depends what version you read. But the people thought that they were drunk. Yeah. So I'm like going, how hilarious. It's early in the morning. They were so pumped up fired up, filled with the Spirit of God that people thought they were drunk. This is why I laugh sometimes when people like say, Chris, you're just so passionate. Like, you know, what are you on? I'm like, I'm on the Holy Ghost. I'm just so <laughs> full of God. But being filled daily, and the Bible tells us to be filled daily with the Holy Spirit of God, continually to be filled. Of course, when we're saved, we are filled with the Spirit and sealed until the day of redemption, but we're also to be being filled every day. And so, that's that's how I get through, because yeah. then He gives me the power to be a witness every single day. And I think especially in these 
days. That's why I'm so mm-hmm. grateful we're doing this book. We're not faking it. We're saying I'm utterly incapable of doing it, so I need the Holy Spirit. That's the whole That's right. thing. In my weakness, His power is made perfect. This is where this comes down to. I'm so grateful in this moment because I think as sisters, we're coming to this place where we're understanding we can't do it on our own. We just can't. It doesn't matter how smart we are, how talented we are, how gifted we are, how well-resourced we are, how well-branded we are, how many followers we are. We're actually all discovering that's not going to cut it. The battle, the spiritual battle is so great. The hour is so dark that we need the power of God, which is the Holy Spirit, the third part of our triune God. This is basic Orthodox Christianity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so in that, that same Spirit, which is the Spirit of Jesus, the same Jesus we're talking about. This is this this is nothing new. It's this Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. This it's the same Spirit, this Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus that dwells on the inside of us. I hope we all get stirred up through the book of Acts to go, I actually need this. I need this at home. If you're married, I need this in my marriage. If you've got kids, I need this to parent. Who doesn't need this? I've got a college-aged daughter. I've got a a sophomore. Listen, I can't do it. I want to tell every mother out there, I do not have the capacity or the capability with all of the dark cultural forces to know how Mm -hmm. to parent my child effectively. I need the power of God to be a witness to my child in this hour. Um, And we all do. Anyone is to live a a faithful life as a single woman. You can't do it on your own, not with the way our world is wired up. Mm -mm. So we need power to be witnesses in that way. So we don't need legalism. We need power. We need the Holy Spirit authentic power. Legalism has not served us well. So rules and regulations are not going to do it. What we have forgotten is that God has enabled us to do it through the power of His Holy Spirit. And so that's why this book is so important. We're like, oh, I wasn't meant to do it alone. No, we weren't. That's the whole point. In fact, please don't try. This is why I need God. So I feel like the disciples, when it says, but Peter, standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Now, I want some woman to listen to me right now because you feel that you were disqualified, you know, maybe in the last few years or perhaps even further back in your past, there are things you did, things you said. Remembering this is the same Peter. Oh, we're talking about the same Jesus, but I want to remind Mm. you about the same Peter who just a few days, like a few (laughs) weeks before what is happening right now. 40 days earlier. Actually lied. Actually lied and said, I don't know him. He lied and he denied our Savior. So I don't know what you've done. But I want you to know that it's not enough to disqualify you from Jesus using you. We're living in a cancel culture. Peter would have been canceled. There is no doubt about it. There would have been blog posts about him today. There would have been Twitter cancellation about him because they would have said, this man is not qualified. He's not even qualified to be in that same room to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This man should be filled with guilt, shame, and condemnation because he denied our Savior. He lied. He was a deceiver. He does not deserve. In our current culture, Mm. he would be obliterated and cancelled, and we wouldn't even have this chapter in the book of Acts because of our cancel culture. But what Peter understood is that Jesus cancelled his sin on the cross and Jesus' cancellation is more powerful than any person's cancellation. Oh, say that, Chris. I'm going to take I don't know what someone (laughs) might have said about you or done to you and probably one of you is listening to this and it's probably your own guilt, shame and condemnation more than anything else that is stopping you from thinking that you could actually be a witness for Jesus because you probably think, Chris, if you only knew what I've done, but I'm here to tell you there's nothing that you've done that is greater than the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, or the mercy of God, or the goodness of God. And the devil is a liar, and he is an accuser of the brethren, and you will need the power of the Holy Spirit every day at times to, to make what Jesus did for you at Calvary bigger than anything you ever did wrong or anyone else has ever said about you. So imagine the shame that Peter had to fight, the guilt, the condemnation, that he had to fight himself. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, Mm. it gazumped the shame, the guilt, the condemnation, (laughs) 
the cancel culture. Like I'm thinking maybe even the other disciples were like, he denied, you know, but they, you know, they didn't really have much to say because they left Jesus as well. So really, but at the end of the day, the people, including that girl that he said, I don't know who Jesus is, they could have been in that same crowd. Go, I I don't know, but going, why are you even talking? You denied Jesus. So what I'm going to say to you is you're going to have to learn to somehow leave that past behind and step in with boldness into what God has called you to do. And it says, but Peter, so that Peter, standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk, (laughs) as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So now Peter, full of the Holy Spirit and boldness, he starts to connect them to this Jesus. So he's going right back to the Old Testament or to connect them to the scriptures that they would be familiar with and to say, this isn't anything new. This is a continuation of what was prophesied. And that's what the book of Acts, and I want to remind you all girls at the end of the six weeks, we are that continuation that started way back here. This is all rooted and grounded Mm -hmm. in scripture. This is nothing new. This is nothing trendy. This is all rooted in the scriptures. So it says, in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. She reads truth community. This is why we are reading truth together in scripture. It says, your sons and daughters, that's us, we're included in this. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. That's us. And female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke and the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the days of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that has not got you running laps in your kitchen bench as you're studying this right now, I really don't know what will because everyone, whosoever will, the scripture says, suddenly all of us have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to come to Christ and be saved. And I don't know of any good news that is better than this news that because of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross, that every single one of us has the opportunity to find salvation through faith by grace in Christ. I don't know. I don't know how that can not have you all running laps. And um, (laughs) it goes on and on and he talks so much. And I want us, you know, as you're studying this to go through, because you will see that from the very first sermon and Peter's preaching right now, So number one, God uses a person that walked with him for three years, denied him, lied about him, and God says, you know what, I can even use a very flawed and broken person. So guess what? That means we're all qualified because we're all flawed and we're all broken. None of us have got it right. You know, I'm just sort of sense maybe I'm speaking to someone, this cancel culture that we're living in is so damaging and so many feel disqualified, but I want you to know that in Christ, you're qualified. The blood of Jesus is sufficient for all of us. And you're going to have to fight that fight to believe that. So Peter did that. And I love this because um, we'll just pick it up because there's things I want to say in chapter three, but in verse 37. Yeah, I was hoping you'd get to 37. (laughs) After he'd gone through the whole thing. So, you know, again, he's rooting and grounding this whole thing in scriptures past. So this is why I want you to know. He quotes David and he goes back to the Old Testament repeatedly. Repeatedly. And so the book of Acts is not like some new religion and here it all Mm -hmm. is. It's all rooted and grounded there. And it is important for us as you and I girls professing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and we're witnesses in our world, that we're not making up what that is. That it is the gospel that is rooted in the scripture. In today's day, and I think with people's access to social media, the point is people are just making up what the gospel is. Now, we're talking about a historical gospel rooted in the scriptures. That is the good news that we're telling people. We're not talking about some self-help thing. We're not talking about some, you know, be a better version of yourself thing. We're talking about the good news 
is Christ crucified, buried, risen, coming again, this Jesus, That's this right. Jesus of the scriptures. So that's yep. the news that our world needs to hear. And so make sure in all of our testifying and all of our witnessing and all of our stories that Jesus is actually the moral to the story, the center of the story, <laughs> the reason for the story, because that's what Peter does. Peter's not talking about how awesome he is. Right. Peter's talking about how awesome Jesus is. He's right. reminding yeah. people this is what Jesus has done. And I know our world needs to hear our stories, but there's a story that they need to hear that is more important than that. And that is the story of Jesus and our lives and our stories and our testimonies as Jesus followers ought to be signposting people to Jesus and the glorious work Jesus. So if he gives us the power to be witnesses, what we're witnesses to is this story of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's be careful in our world that is so much driven about story and narrative, which is all very important, but make sure it's pointing to the right story and the only story that's going to ultimately lead to eternal hope. And that's the story of the scripture from Genesis through to Revelation. And so Acts is a continuation of all of that. So in verse 36, that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus. You've got to underline, and I think the fact is that um, if you circle in these first few chapters of Acts, how many times you see that phrase, this Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus, it'll set you on a rabbit trail that's really worth going down. And it says, whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said Mm. to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall (laughs) we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise, the here, again, we're listening to this, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Girls, that's all of us. That's right. That was made then and today this is touching us and with many words, He bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Listen, I don't know if that gets you fired up, but that day. So this Peter, who just 40-odd days before had denied Christ, he thought it was all over. And some of you, especially after this period we've been through over these last few years, you may have even done that. You may have even got to a place where you thought, I don't even know if I believe this. I've walked away from church, from Jesus, from the scripture. And somehow you found yourself listening to this today and you're like, okay, but could God really use me? I'm here to tell you, yes, because 40 days later, the Holy Spirit comes, Peter, Peter, who was so scared that he denied Christ, now is standing in front of this huge crowd. He's proclaiming this same Christ, this Jesus. He's proclaiming this Jesus to this crowd. 3,000 people were added to their number. So Mm. I don't know who's on the other side of your obedience, but it's time to Mm. allow the Holy Spirit to stir you on the inside because there are people waiting to be saved on the other side of your obedience to bear witness by the power of the Holy Spirit to this gospel. And it is so crucial that we do that. Well, it goes on all of this, and I'm I'm just looking. Read us through the end of the chapter because it's such a good section. You're all going to want this section here. And they devoted themselves (laughs) to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So you go, what is the first thing that they did when those 3,000 were added to their numbers? So these would be important principles that you go, what would be an important thing for Jesus followers to do? If I'm a Jesus follower, what are the probably the most important things? Well, here they are because it says they were added to mm-hmm. their number and here's the very next thing that they did. So they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching. Oh, wow. So the word of God right there. First thing, first thing. Okay. So we got saved. We are devoting ourselves. So again, this is to the apostles teaching. So we want to make sure that we're devoting ourselves to the right teaching, the historic right. orthodox biblical Christian teaching, because that's what they devoted themselves to, not some sort of new teaching, that teaching. Mm -hmm. And it goes on, it says, to the breaking of bread. So here they are, communion. They're breaking bread together and they're fellowshipping together. So scripture, breaking bread, fellowship, community, right there in the very next verse, you cannot say these things are not important because there they are. There are the very, very next 
things. And oftentimes you'll find that if the enemy is really trying to come against you, the things that he'll try to attack are these three things. Scripture reading, the breaking of bread and just the communion and then also fellowship, trying to isolate you, trying to devalue the importance of Christian community and Mm -hmm. fellowship and gathering together around the Scripture and the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. It is so important. So if you're wondering why potentially there's been such an attack on that, It's precisely for this, because if the enemy can isolate us, he can scatter us, and then we won't stay empowered by being able to do this together. So it says, And the other thing it lists there is prayer, right there. Literally, and the prayer. So it's like the very, very staples of spiritual Christian formation Mm -hmm. is Bible reading, communion, fellowship, community, and prayer. So those things, they are just part of the DNA of Christian spiritual formation. So important that after 3,000, there's a big numerical thing. God does this awesome work. 3,000 saved, and then it's like, here's the most important thing you've got to do after that. Get straight into Scripture. Make sure that we're taking communion together. Make sure that we're fellowshipping in community and ensure that we're praying. That is so important. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So this is this is just the normal Christian life. Some of the stuff that we think, can God still do that? This is like just normal Christian yeah. life. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. I want you to see this, that when you have given by the Holy Spirit the power to be witnesses and you get about the normal Christian life, God will give you favor with people. I know sometimes we're looking at some of the division and the chaos and the divisiveness I want you to know that that actually is an evidence of the Holy Spirit living amongst us. Evidence of the Holy Spirit living amongst us is that God, whether people sometimes agree or disagree with you, God will still give you favor with them. So if we're practicing what we see between verses 42 and 47, it should produce in us something that the world around us goes, even if I really don't agree with what they're saying, I like them. They're like, really nice people because they're very Mm, generous. They seem to be sharing a whole lot of stuff. And it says, and the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. So he does this huge thing. yeah. And then by them getting away, fellowshipping together, praying together, taking communion together, being very generous with their possessions, not hoarding onto their stuff, but being generous in every single way, God gave them favor And people were daily being added Mm -hmm. to their number. And I just want someone to know all over the world, sometimes you can just get caught up in your little echo chamber and think, is God doing anything? I'm here to tell you. And I travel the world and I'm across the global church. People are being added to the church of Jesus Christ daily. This is continuing exactly today. What what is here in Acts chapter 2, which is supernatural, people are still all over the world even in light of some of the things that are happening right now on the planet, in the greatest tragedies, people are being added daily to our number Mm -hmm. as the church of Jesus Christ. So you have to know what was begun here in Acts chapter 2 is continuing with veracity all around the world today. People are being daily added to our number. Yes, by the power of the Holy Spirit in and through believers. Absolutely. So not by our power, and we're invited into that. It's incredible. It is. That's what keeps you going because this is called the normal Christian life, girls. This is the whole thing. Sometimes you go, man, Christianity is boring. I'm like, it's because we're not reading the Bible and doing it. Like religious <laughs> rules are boring. Like, yes, and some sort of kind of Christian cultural religious lifestyle is boring. Yeah. But this, this, this is, not is boring. supernatural. You're like, oh, my word. Whatever season you're in, wherever you're at, the Holy Spirit of God is always at work. So you could either be focusing on what is not happening or the disappointment of what's not or go, Lord, give me 
like when the Holy Spirit fell, give me eyes yeah. to see something yeah. I've never yes. seen. Give me ears to hear what I haven't heard. That's and right. give me words to say what I haven't been saying. So you could be having a Holy Ghost revival wherever yes. you are all the time. Everyone will tell you in my community, I'm one of those weird ones. I'm like, okay, where will I shop today? Especially if I get to know people too much. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go find, I need a new hairdresser that doesn't know Jesus. And I love my hairdresser. And I like, oh. I'll talk to them and I go, and I'll go to new ones and go, or oh, where can I go to, and shop at a new place? Because once I've either proclaimed the gospel or won them to the Lord, or, you know, they need a bit of a break. I'm like, okay, I've got to go need find a break. someone else. So, you know, you know it's, Christine's a bit much. Um, so it's like, I need to move on. It's like, I'm looking for that in my own local community as much as I am wherever I travel around the world. I'm like, God, you're already at work. Let, yeah. let me see where you're working. And I want to join where you are. And that keeps the excitement in it because it's not my power. I don't have to rely on my adrenaline. I don't no, have right. to rely on any sort of artificial stimulation to get me pumped up to be a Christian. I don't need to be pumped up. That's right. It's, I don't have to be externally motivated by the next thing to keep me going. I can be internally regulated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Chris, it's like you know what's coming next in the book of Acts because literally— She probably does. Peter and John just <laughs> Come on. experienced this 3,000-soul conversion, right? And then numbers are being added daily, and then we get to chapter 3. And it Which is a excites me. It's a beggar at the gate, this yes. one forgotten guy. And, it, and this one individual man is just as important to stop everything. Oh, it doesn't change, mm-hmm. and he's got the same person. excitement to That's proclaim right. the gospel to 3,000 as he does yes. to one because the issue isn't the crowds are not what motivate you. In that's a social right. media culture, that's this good. is hard yes. because we think the likes or the follows that's when I'll do something. What motivates me is partnering with the Holy Spirit. It's not the crowd. So it says, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. Notice when they were going, at the hour of prayer. Miracles happen when you're praying. This is like the Mm. whole, this is when they were going, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John, go to the temple, he asked to receive alms. Now, I love this because he asked this man, imagine how many times he's done this. He's got no agency. He's been, you know, laid out there. They actually lay him out. And who knows what his story would be? You know, this is not an unusual sight. In certain countries of the world, this would still be very, very, would be happening. I'm trying to make this real for people because sometimes we read this and kind of romanticize it. And I'm trying to say, oh no, this happens still today. And Peter directed his gaze at him and John and said, look at us. So the first thing, I could keep stopping here because a lot of us, we walk straight past these people. Yeah. But the Bible says Peter directed his gaze. The first part of seeing the Holy Spirit work in someone's life is you've got to see them because God sees everyone. So Peter right. directed his gaze. A lot of us are walking straight past the very yeah. people that God wants us to minister to. So part of partnering with the Holy Spirit is begin to notice people. And it could be as simple as the person at the checkout at the supermarket that you just lock eyes with them, read their name tag and call them by their name. That could be the beginning of an incredible moment that Peter just had right now. I've had amazing moments as I've just said, say the person's name is Joanne because I've read their name tag. And they almost burst into tears that somebody has called them by their names and said, hi, Joanne, how are you doing today? Hi, Joanne. And they're just like in shock because, you know, girls, you would be so surprised. It's this simple. So I'm not saying you have to go to the other side of the world and find someone, but there are people, metaphorically speaking, and certainly spiritually crippled that are lying by the gate, beautiful every day, and you're walking straight past them in your workplace, in your school, in your college, in your supermarket. So the first thing you've got to do to begin to see the Holy Spirit at work in your life is lock eyes, acknowledge people, see people, because we're all in such a rush and we're so busy scrolling. And I can tell this because I could post a picture of me you know, eating a kale salad, I'm just making this up, you know, and and 10,000 people are going to like it. And then I could post a picture of somebody just got freed from sex trafficking 
and a thousand people are going to like it. And I'm like, yeah. someone's not paying attention because if you were paying attention, I would possibly be affirming more a post about a victim being rescued from slavery than me eating a kale salad. Right. I say that not to put shame on anyone, but to go, we are scrolling through things so quickly in life. We're mm. walking straight past people. And Peter, the beginning of this miracle is because Peter noticed Imagine what happens if we pause, mum, mothers, if we just stop and hear what our kids are saying, if we just pause, if we just notice, mm -hmm. you will be surprised how much you can partner with the Holy Spirit. I'm just trying to demystify this to say you would see amazing things happen every day. If you do what Peter did here, the Bible says he directed his gaze at him and he said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. So this man, was expecting one thing. He was expecting money. And most people, that's where they go about in life, just the minimum that he's always done. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and mm -hmm. walk. I want you all to hear this because some of you are feeling like I've got, especially when it comes to the big world issues or perhaps situations in your community, you're like, I've got nothing to give. But what I do have, so here's my question. Mm -hmm. This is why we need to be being filled with the Holy Spirit every day because you can only give what you've got. And he didn't have money to give, but he had something so much greater. This is what God always does. He exceeds people's expectations. The Bible says that this man expected to receive this. Peter's going, well, you're expecting this. I haven't got what you think you need, but I've yeah. got something so much more <laughs> than what you need. And this yeah. is our conversations as we drop our kids off at school or our conversations as we're at the mall or in our workplace or wherever we are that you go, okay, you're asking for this. I don't have that, but I can tell you what I do have. And this is where the power of God and the Holy Spirit and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ comes in. It's like, you don't even know what you need. You think you need this, but what I'm going to give you is this. And that's what the Holy Ghost does and doors of That's opportunity right. of conversations. And so he ends up and he says, and he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up. Just imagine this. You've been <laughs> leaping up and dancing too. And leaping up, he stood and he began to walk and he entered the temple with them and walking and leaping and praising God. Of course you would be if you yeah. were crippled yeah. outside. Listen, some of those people, let me just speak to someone here, especially if you go maybe to, to a little bit more of a church where you go, Christine, I do get excited in the worship. My big toe is moving in my shoe. It really is excited. <laughs> I know, like, you know, and then you see somebody and they're next to you and like, you know, the song comes on about the greatness of God, the goodness of God. And they're like jumping up and down a little bit or maybe Maybe their uh -huh, arms uh -huh. are waving and you're looking at them thinking, they're cray-cray. You're, like, mm -hmm. you're like, like going, should I be acting like that in church? I want you to know this man went to church. Some of us, and maybe I'm a little bit like this, I'm very demonstrative in worship. Like, And people go, oh, my gosh, Christine, you're like an ever-ready battery. You're like jumping up and down. <laughs> I'm like, yes, because I feel like this man. I'm jumping up and down because, you know, don't ridicule my praise if you don't know what God has saved me from, what God has mm. delivered me mm. from. Some people are praising and they're so excited and demonstrative, not because they're shallow, but they're like, this Jesus saved yeah. me and I'm going to praise right. and leap and worship God. And some of you, you would get set free if you actually just saw, you know what, and you could just do it in your bedroom. No one has to know. It's all right. Your pastor's not in there. Put on a praise song and go, I might just get a bit excited that God saved me. God delivered me. Yes. God did something in me. And you will find your own freedom in that moment. He demonstrated that. And he goes on. And people, as happens all the way through this, people were filled with amazement. We see this and we're going way over our time. But I want to just get to something in chapter four because you know we need like an hour for each chapter i don't the girls we really do they say I to do me you could just have an hour and they just make me laugh i'm going oh okay <laughs> and so then we're not going to cut you off you keep going in chapter four, so, you know, we're reading all of this. Peter and John are continuing to see amazing things happen. Now, here's what you've got to understand. All the way through scripture, when God starts to move, and even when the Lord uses you, you have to realize the enemy especially, and often through people, 
are not going to be excited <laughs> that God's moving. And this is the yeah. challenge in our cultural moment. In our mm. cultural moment, people will try to ridicule you. I don't want to sugarcoat this because it's almost cool to be anything in our society but a Christian. It's like people think like, what do you mean you're a Christian? Like, do you have a brain that's dangerous? Are you bigoted? Are you? I mean, there are so many assumptions yeah. that people have. But I want you to know, and this is where you're going to find hope in the book of Acts, that's exactly what the early church had. This is not anything new. You don't go, right. oh, man, life is so different now and it's so much harder. I'm like, no, no, no. Go back to the Bible, and that's what we're doing in the book of Acts over these six weeks, and go, oh, oh, you mean it's always been like this for Christians? Yes, yes, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. You're going to go, you're part of a great cloud of witnesses. This is that's what right. has been our – so they've had, coming into Acts chapter 4, a lot of ridicule. People were not happy that that man got healed. And you'll see that. Sometimes people prefer you to be bound than they yeah. do prefer you to be free. People could control you better. And people don't like it when you become free in Christ. And that's why a lot of people like to quench the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because when you're free and the Holy Spirit is leading you and you're being obedient to what God's calling you to do, a lot of people don't like that. So you have to understand not everyone is going to be excited about you living a life that is full of the Holy Spirit and the religious people in this case, you'll read about the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and you'll read that all the way through the book of Acts. I tried to silence this. They're like, no, we don't want to see this happening. We need to stop these people. We need to stop this message from going forth. And you're going to see that. And very much in our cancel culture and using social media, this is part of what it is in our world. People will be having opinions. People will call yeah. out people. People go, we need to stop this. We need to silence this. I need you to know there's a precedent in Scripture for all of that. That's what was happening exactly here. And yeah. then it picks up, and I love this, in verse 13 of chapter 4. It says, now when they saw the boldness, because that's what the Holy Spirit gives us is boldness, because mm -hmm. in our own strength, girls, we would want to pull back in this hour because it's hard, all of us. We would yeah. want to pull back. Yeah. It's just easier to say nothing. It's just yeah. easier to – so I, just like you, because what I'm talking about is not a personality type. Even my number eight on the Enneagram, you know, is not enough to make me be able to take the pressure in this cultural moment, not with the mm -hmm. attacks that come, not with the, the way things are. It's too intense. So I need the Holy Spirit to be able to continue to be courageous, to continue to be bold, to continue to speak the truth in love. I need God to do that because in my own strength, You've got to understand Peter in his own strength denied Christ. Even the same Peter that walked with Jesus. So yeah. he was with him for three solid years. He saw signs, wonders, and miracles. I mean, he distributed. When he saw the miracle of the loaves and fishes, he held That's a right. fish and he gave it out. Like, I mean, so he was <laughs> that close. So I need you to hear this, girls. Miracles themselves, you're going to see a lot of miracles in the book of Acts, but we saw miracles all the way through the Gospels. Jesus, this same Jesus that is the same spirit. Yep. But those miracles were not enough to make Peter not deny Christ. Peter had proximity to Jesus, God incarnate himself. Peter had proximity to miracles and signs and wonders all the way through the Gospels. That same Peter, with that proximity, denied Christ. It was only Peter that was filled with the Holy Spirit that was crucified upside down for the sake of Christ. It was the boldness of the Holy Spirit that kept him. And it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common <laughs> men. I wanted to pause here and I thought if I say nothing else on this She Reads Truth recording, I want to speak to every woman out there that feels like I don't have a seminary degree, that feels like I just am not educated. I'm speaking to you because sometimes we can feel inadequate. Sometimes we could feel like, oh man, I'm not qualified. This is the Peter we're talking about. So the religious elite said to them that they perceived that they were uneducated and common. Some of you go, man, I don't come from the right family. I don't have the right pedigree. I'm going, you're in good company. This is why you have to read the Bible because the Bible will set you free. Because right. here we go, uneducated. I'm not putting down education. I'm just saying education is not the litmus test of whether mm -hmm. God can That's use right. you. And it says, and common men, and they were astonished because you're always going to freak people out when you're filled <laughs> with the power of God and you don't have the qualifications. And it says, I love this. It says, and they recognize that they had been with Jesus. 
if there was one sentence mm. that I would underline in the book of Acts, it would be that one. Because people, you might not know scripture and verse of everything. You might not know the deep theology. You might not know how to read Hebrew or Greek, but people can tell if you've been with Jesus and you be with Jesus through his word. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And That's so right. I want each and every one of you to know that by being with Jesus through his word, it should be making a difference in your life. And so he goes on, but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. I'll tell you what, a person that has had a real experience with Jesus no one's going to talk you out of it. You know, we, we're living in a world of a lot of deconstructing happening, a lot of reevaluating happening. But no matter what people come at me with, and they might have really better arguments than me. This is all I can say to you guys. I could just be as honest as possible. Some people don't like they're way smarter than me. So they come with at me with a whole lot of arguments about things and about the Bible and about that. I don't even understand really what they're saying because they're so smart. I don't get it. But I just go, look, at the end of the day, I've been with Jesus. You just That's can't right. take that from me. You just That's cannot right. take that from And I would say in this day where there is so much division and chaos and confusion and arguing, can I just encourage you, be with Jesus? And so the fact of the matter is no one can take that away from you. That's right. And so don't let people deconstruct your relationship with Jesus yeah. at all because it's real. The thing is, that's real. That's what was happening right yes. here. It's yep. like they were trying to deconstruct his argument, his sermon, his theology, and then it goes, but at the end of the day, he'd be with Jesus. That's right. It's Acts 1.8. It's being a witness to what you have seen by the power of the Holy Spirit, being a witness. And then just a few verses after where you read, Christine, in verse 20, it says that Peter and John said that they were unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And you don't need a stage. You don't need a microphone. You don't need a seminary degree. You need the Word of God, the salvation of Jesus, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We have all of those things. And then we are witnesses to what we've seen. That's the call. That's it. So God's not asking you to have to rehash everything. This is what the power yes. of the Holy Spirit does. It's just, what have you seen and what have you heard? And so at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit came. They heard a sound, a hearing. They saw tongues yes. of fire. My point is you will always talk about what you are seeing and hearing. What is happening right now in this cultural moment is too many, too many people are scrolling through too many things. And so you will always talk about what you're seeing and hearing. The point is, what are you seeing and hearing? I'm yes. choosing to see what God's doing, to hear what God's Amen. doing. So I'm going to be talking about what Jesus is doing on the planet, what the Holy Spirit is doing on the earth. People that are yelling and screaming and arguing on social media, yes, they too are talking about what they're seeing and hearing. So yep. I'm like, why don't we choose during these six weeks to go, you know what, God? That's right. I want to just see what you're doing. I want to hear what you're doing so that I say what you're doing. Yeah, that's right. Amen. And, and what we know <laughs> is you had just read from chapter 4, verse 13, the verse right before that. This is our litmus test, right? Because they said... There is salvation in no one else, for yeah. there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Any other gospel is a false gospel. This is the truth. That is your litmus test. Yeah. And from that, you are being with Jesus, and you're a witness. And now we have to hang up. No. Not really, but we're going to hit the end of this recording, friends, because I'm so thankful that we've planned it this way. Chris is coming back next week, <laughs> and we're going to go straight into week two of the six-week series. But you have to wait until next week. But you don't have to wait because you are going to be a woman in the Word of God That's right. every day this week. Remember what we read in chapter two, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You don't have to wait for any of that. In fact, you're called to that. You're invited to that. That's part of being a follower of Jesus. So, friends, until next week, Christine, what do we say? Keep opening your Bible. Keep opening your Bible.